Yo, 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 you tuned in to the Dapper Don Dez podcast. I'm your boy Dapper Don Dez. And today I want to discuss the Southern duo Trick Daddy and Trina. I want to discuss their effects on hip hop and the way that the landscape of it hasn't been the same since these two have hit the, hit the market. Now, Trick Daddy had a pretty successful debut album. And uh, based on a true story, not to be confused with uh, Two Chains based on a true story, which was a great debut album. And even though it was definitely a solid album, it didn't seem like he really gained traction until he dropped Now. Now, nigga, which I don't like using that word, but that wasn't, that was his uh, breakout record. That's a record that really put him on the map, and that featured none other than Trina. And I remember him, he was talking to Vlad, ironically, saying how when he dropped that album, when he dropped that song, and Trina would come out on the stage with, I guess, with him and all his homeboys, that the ladies would go crazy. He said he already had the streets, but she helped bring him the ladies. Instantly, their relationship was based upon the betterment of Trick Daddy. That's the honest truth of it. Because if we take it back to its origins, Trina is Trick Daddy's brother, ex-girlfriend. I guess, you know how we were saying the hood, widowed girlfriend, I guess. Uh, his uh, brother, Hollywood, who was murdered, I like to say, man, I can't remember. I like think they said it was like 96, 97. No, no, no. Trick Daddy was still in prison at that time. So that's even more crazy that Trick Daddy was in prison and she was dating his brother who was shot like a ridiculous amount of times. And that's how they knew each other, like gotten close, even though they had known each other from grade school, both of them being from Liberty City. I think Trino is like four years younger than him. Yeah, so Trick Daddy was off doing a bid he was doing uh, a prison sentence for drug trafficking and Trina was just getting out of high school or was about to get out of high school when Hollywood was murdered so this is how they this is how these two really got close that's how they got to know each other they're both from Liberty City you know they both rep 305 Dade County and they both is all the way ratchet so I see how they click at this time, Trina tried for a slight while dancing. You know, she tried dancing for a little while, but she never made that who she was. While Trick Daddy really always been just grimy and from the gutter and just all the way real. So you can naturally see that there was a brother and sister dynamic there. They was already close. The story goes, as Trina tells it, she wrote, when she wrote Now, nigga, when she wrote her verse on that record, he, she had wrote a different type of verse that Trick Daddy and I guess maybe Ted came to her and was like, you know what, you need to make it more nasty or more freakier. And this seems to be the story of not just her, but a lot of the women, you know, Lil' Kim, it had the same thing done by Biggie. Biggie was like, yeah, you nice, yeah, you can spit, yeah, you can go, but in reality, men want to hear that sexy thing. And so they would honestly have men right for him. And I think this is so telling because in hip-hop, much like in fashion, 
the man behind the scenes determine more of what the woman displays than what the woman in front of the camera even gets to show. Like your favorite models, they wear what male designers, Gucci, uh, Yves Saint Laurent, all these are men and they design for women and women starve themselves to fit into these clothes these men make. And it's the same thing with Trina. Trina had a different ideal, a different persona and Trick Daddy said, I need you to do this for me on a favor. Trina went and did the favor. Best decision because it made a legend out of her. But as time will go on, we'll see that she really want to let her true colors shine. And she really want to show the world who she was. So they dropped that. They dropped. This was in 98. They dropped now. 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 Let's go with now. That's what it's, it's like. Man with an N. Now. So they dropped Nan in 98. That did so well that that earned Trina not only a record deal on Slip and Slide, but she also got to just work closer with other artists, you know, or other people within the crew. And she ultimately made the album we now know as The Baddest Bitch. That's her terms, not mine. And a term that honestly, when it would come time for her to even drop her second album, she wouldn't even want to call herself. Well, Trick Daddy, he had just dropped uh, Thug.com, an amazing body of work, bro. Honestly, maybe one of the best body of works to not only come out of Florida, not only come out in the South, but period, man. One of the most influential artists and one of the most influential projects that I feel to date has hit the industry back in the day is such a reminiscent record and it really just paints a picture of a time before time and also it's one of those rare times where you get an artist who shows you their point of view on life in such a big broad record right because he pulls it back to this is how it was when i was a kid man this is things we could do this is how black people treated each other and a lot of us like myself i was born in 89 we didn't see that time. We didn't see the time of bell bottoms and big afros. We didn't see the times of, you know, high top fades. It was dreadlocks, gold teeth, AK 47, big rims on cars. That was everything. Ratchet was everything. Heavy drugs was in. And it was just a crazy world that we just kind of always seen. Now, what makes any of this. I guess what makes any of this relevant to to their dynamic is the fact that he finally got to get a good balance going, right? He got to be hot in the streets and hot with the ladies. He had an anchor for all the stuff he wanted to talk about. And as we'll see as I'm progressing the story, you'll see that it was tough for Trick Daddy to replace Trina. There wasn't no replacing Trina. It wasn't as easy as you would think it would be. So, of course, she drops the baddest. And I'm going to get into later on in the show in another segment called Pictures Worth a Thousand Words. I'm going to really dive into her album cover, which I'm telling you is probably one of the most polarizing. If I, I'm going to be nice and call it polarizing photos it was definitely something if you had to go to the hospital you'll hope she was a nurse if you get what i'm saying but 
when when we look at the dynamic that was going on in 98, 99, and 2000, I think they tried to turn around and make another name. See, by trying to make, which pull over, which is a dope record, don't get me wrong. Pull over is one of those joints that come on and it just goes, it moves. But it wasn't another Nan. Nan was gutter, it was raw, it was hardcore. And the baddest really didn't create a big outbreak record. I mean, I think she even had Warren Sapp in the video. And Warren Sapp was as hot as it can get. He was um, he was a football player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is only minutes, only an hour or two away from Miami. But yeah, she had one of the biggest stars in, in NFL in the video and it just didn't quite make the impact I guess the label thought it would make. That route that ramp rouching ramp uh, 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 that rouchy music that debauchery <laughs> didn't sell too well on his own. It just couldn't stand. It just couldn't stand. It had to be something a little different. It was sort of successful album. It was successful for Trina Standards. But where a lot of my conversation, a lot of my points are getting made is on her sophomore album, The Diamond Princess. And this is my biggest beef with Trick Daddy and why I kind of even made this segment for the podcast. One, let it be understood. Trick Daddy to me is the down south DMX. Anybody real can feel him. The way you can feel DMX when he talk, it don't matter where you from, uh, or how you grew up. You listen to DMX, you can relate to it. It's real, it's pain, it's, it's hurting his music. When you listen to Trick Daddy, it's so unfiltered, it's so raw, it's so, it's just so everything that, man, truth be told, I think any and everybody can feel that. Anybody can feel, so don't get me wrong, Trick Daddy is a full legend. He's a whole legend out here, bro. And he should not be disrespected or discounted by any means. But my biggest problem with him is his problem with Diamond Princess. See, Diamond Princess was a little different because the baddest was produced by a guy named Socks and Ted. Well, these were Trick Daddy homeboys. These were people involved in Slip and Slide. And they had a lot more creative process on it. And I think this was what happened in Nan where they came in and rewrote all her stuff, I think that's what happened with the baddest. The baddest was cool, the baddest was aggressive, the baddest was angry, the baddest was rough, but the baddest was one-dimensional. It was just, what am I getting out of the man I'm dealing with? That's it. That's all that came down to. And what was so powerful about the Diamond Princess and where I knew where her head was at was at the very intro. A comedian by the name Samoa. Samoa is a comedian, one of the queens of comedies, if you would. I guess you could say the female Bernie Mac, and she is unfiltered. And in the beginning, in the very beginning of the whole discussion, in the very beginning of the whole uh, intro, not discussion, the beginning of the intro and the beginning of the album, she starts naming off all of these titles that women take for themselves, right? Whether that be black queen, Nubian queen, balling as, you know, broad or, or a scammer or, you know, or more derogatory terms that women have been called and some may take on for themselves. She said, 
and you know she broke down that it's all about one keeping your nappy head done which I guess I guess women understand that or uh, you know just basically being the best at what you do no matter what you call yourself I think that was her indirectly saying okay I'm still the baddest but that was just a title uh, uh, a title for my mindset for who I am but I don't really adopt that name that title I guess bitch because she did an interview that I read up and she was reluctant to even refer to herself as that so I believe when she said diamond princess that was her really showing who she was this is my problem with trick that he had an issue with diamond princess because he said dudes need to feel like they can sleep with her and it's like well what dudes now sex appeal is important and I will say this um Diamond Princess didn't quite have that same raunchy sex appeal. It didn't. It wasn't as nasty, right? It wasn't as X-rated. It was more substance. It was more, you know, fully. To me, it's still made for a better album. Because when you look at songs like You and Me, which was an amazing sample. I love rappers over soul beats. And this is what I always get on other female rappers about by not having substance. She talks about, you know, talking about herself to a third person, talking about her best friend and losing friends. She had records. She had some cuts that seemed real label forced, like the record with Fabulous. Um... I can't think of another one, but she had records that really sound like she was just, you know, pushing the envelope, going with the it artist at that moment. But still, nonetheless, most importantly, she would have the future of M.I.A. Yo on the second or third record. And that was Rick Ross. She even said that her and Ross wrote records together. So he was a part of the creative process. Ironically, do you know Ross was a part of the creative process for Angie Martinez's album, too? Like, he done wrote for a lot of people. Really, he's a very talented man. You know, I'm a, he's definitely deserving of his own breakdown and introspective look. And I'm going to definitely give y'all that if that's something y'all want to get. But back to Trick Daddy and Trina. Man, so Trick Daddy's whole thing is he's saying that this isn't the Trina that guys love. And maybe she should be a little more nasty. Dudes do like that, and other girls like that, too. It does feel freeing for them to express, you know, that they want sex the same way. Especially, like, if a woman's in the club. Hold on. Especially if a woman's in the club, she can say what she's thinking while rapping a rap lyric. So it's like, well, it's not me saying it. It's just a rap lyric. Uh, it's just me having fun. But in reality, she gets to express herself. That's important. And Trick Daddy 100% right. Women do use music. People, people use music to express themselves. And they want every form of expression. But I believe Trina just simply wanted to show she was more than just a piece of meat. Something to be passed around by some street thugs. And I kind of believe that. I believe that he thinks she's just his little Kim. Right? Like, little Kim really blossomed. Especially if you look at Eve. Eve is the perfect example of putting yourself in position. Eve was always beautiful. Eve was always sexy. But Eve was Eve. Eve never did, you know, the whole Trina thing. Rod Digger never did that. Uh, Lauren Hill never did that. 
So Trina doing it is dope, but at the same time, she got to look around at her other, you know, peers. Not only as female rappers, but as Trick Daddy himself and think, man, I got... And she had to think to herself, I got stuff that I care about too. I got stuff that I want to, you know, explore. And then she did an interview outside of the now demolished uh, Carroll City flea market, I believe. She did an interview, and when asked in his interview who she look up to, she said Jay-Z. And Trick Daddy felt the type of way about it, man. Trick Daddy got on the radio and was like, how you gonna say Jay-Z, man? I raised, if you between 40 to 15, man, you grew up on my music, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he facts. That's facts. I'm not gonna take that from him, but... That doesn't mean that you end all be all for her. He wanted her just to be a side act for Trick Daddy. Somebody he can pull out when he needs a female audience. And as their relationship seemed to gotten strained, you can tell me that it's just family croil, but you haven't been on the Trina album until what, still the baddest? And even then, she's introduced more I don't believe Trick Daddy has had Plies or Ross on any of his albums. To the best of my knowledge, I don't believe he's had them on any project. He done had Webby. He done had Young Buck. He done had you name it. But as far as Florida acts, and another thing was him talking about the Miami sound, the Miami feel. My thing about the Miami sound or the Miami feel where was that at when crunk music was tapping you on the shoulder? When Yin Yang Twins said, yo, let's do a record. When you had Let's Go featuring uh, Twister and Lil John, which Twister been that dude. They've been working with Twister. He's been just one of those kind of names and faces that's floated through the industry, whether that be Rockefeller, whether that be DTP, whether that be Slip and Slide, man, you name it. Twister is just a staple. But... And coming out the shot, one of the hardest to come out the shot, truth be told, we being honest. If we being honest. Um But he you know, he did the crunk music sound. And then as far as you know, issue on Diamond Princess, she did a record with Kelly Rowland that took all from Glamour's life in 2005. This was at least around the same time you did Sugar. Now Sugar was straight. But Sugar was real commercial. It was far from In The Wind. In The Wind was Dungeon Family, Trick Daddy. That's a good combination. Dungeon, tra- Dungeon Family and Trick Daddy, that's a monster combination. Sugar went in that. Plus, you got Little Kim. The show that you tried to make In The Wind meets Nan with a top 40 appeal on it. And it ain't work. You put too much on it, dog. Too much cut on that. It was too much cut. It didn't feel like a Trick Daddy record. While she knocking him out the park, she make a single again. And let's not forget, when Kim fell off, Eve fell back. Trina was the only female rapper to go to. One of the most solid and never had a hating bone in her body. Never looked at another woman and was like, oh, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be in the game. And Trick Daddy has definitely been one of the, the biggest staples in the South. He has seemed to beef with every Florida rapper. He's beef with Plies. 
He's beef with Trick Daddy. Not beef with Trick Daddy. He's beef with Rick Ross. He done beef with Kodak. He done beef with everybody that was the beef with, man. Trick Daddy believes hip-hop is a contact sport, or at least life is a contact sport. You know? Now, don't get me wrong. I think he all the way live. I think he a dope guy. His energy's real. I think he's honestly a positive person for the most part. But, you know, end of the day, I think that Trick Daddy has to give more credence to Trina's point of view, in my opinion. And I bring all this up because they're having a radio show. They have a radio show together now. So that's the reason I bring this up. Because of their radio show, you know, they, they're they going to be replacing Ricky Smiley in the morning. They're going to be on uh, 99 Jams in Miami, Florida. So that's going to be dope. Y'all look out for that. But one of the biggest issues was that Trick Daddy just kept knocking Trina for the record she wanted to make. And Trina was like, well, if we want to be honest, we want to be real about it. Trick Daddy had a hard time making a commercial record without Trina. And Trina has made several commercial records without him. Single Again, without him. Record with Kelly Rowland, without him. Uh, what's the joint she had with Lil Wayne? I don't know how commercially successful it was, but it was, it moved. You know? Uh, look back at it. That's another one. Come on, bro. Come on. If you... If you got a lady between 19, 20, even in her early 30s, she done busted open and look back at it at least once or twice, bro. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Not to get explicit on him like that with you, but, you know, they done got loose to some look back at it. So, and she put Killer Mike on it, which I, you know, looking at it, now that I just said that with, Little Kim being on Sugar and Killer Mike being on Look Back at It. I can really see where those records was missed opportunities. Because imagine if Trick Daddy was on Look Back at It. He could have used that. Imagine if Trina was on Sugar. She could have used that. But them two not putting each other, using each other in opportune situations, I think really put a rift between them. And mind you, Trina hasn't dropped an album in nine years almost 10 she went through this whole decade without dropping one album so and when she speaks women listen man I think she dropped one in 2019 yeah she dropped one in 2019 the one but outside of that man it's been quiet for the both of them so they got their radio show they got love and hip hop man it's good to see the duo back together trick if you listening Listen to that woman. She know what's hot. She know what's the it factor. She really know what's saucy. And, you know, Trina, you got to understand, man. You dealing with the down south DMX. When he's focused and he's in the zone, he's irreplaceable. He's irreplaceable. He's unmistakable. He's irreplaceable and unmistakable when he in the zone, when he really want it. So, man, hopefully TNT is an album. Them being on a radio show, hopefully that gets them in a routine of doing something and that may lead to music, that may lead to more focus, that may lead to uh, chemistry, that may lead to song content. It could lead to anything, man, but I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for TNT.
the explosive duo of Trick Daddy and Trina. A Trina and Trick Daddy. But this is the segment of the show. You know what segment this is. Bitches worth a thousand words. And in this segment, man, we got to address the one and only Trina, the baddest beat. You hear me? It is a monster. One of the most beautiful album covers. I think today, if I gotta, if I gotta be honest with you, she looked amazing and amazing. Glamour is glamour life. Or glamorous life is all is a very cute picture. So let's talk about Trina the baddest. So first, I want to discuss the original one, the one that we all know. Then we're going to talk about the one that y'all may or may not already know about, but we're going to get into today. So the original one, you see her. First thing you notice is it's a whole ambulance in the back, you know, with the doors open. It really looked like, you know, it's some emergency responders stuff. But instead of a regular EMT hopping out, you got the baddest B. <laughs> you hear me? And it don't look like she got nothing under that white scrub. She didn't have time to put on her pants, but she had time to put on them high heels. So she's like straddling a guy who's in serious condition, by the way. She has a fibrillator to his chest. So she done killed him with this. I think she's saying she killed him with the punani. She finna bring him back and kill him again. Uh, he got a concussion. I guess that's saying she hit that head. <laughs> I'm dead ass. All right. But anyway, so she's resuscitating this dead brother who I'm assuming, you know, young African-American male. I thought for the longest, I always thought that was a headband. I don't know what the hell happened to him. That's a bullet in the head or something. But the brother... He's on the stretcher, and Trina is over him, giving us the most sexual look. Like, oh, you caught me using this fibrillator. Golden brown skin. Uh, what's that cherry red lip? That is not cherry red. It's like a dark red lipstick. It worked for her though. That little string piece of hair floating down the neck. You know, she probably got up in a messy bun or something like that. You know, that's the. That's the joint they put on there when they about to let you know they going down there. Yeah, but what I what caught my eye, what made me, what, what really caught my eye is the alternative version. She had an alternate version to still the baddest. I guess this is the edited version. No, it's just the alternate version. Well, the alternate version is her sitting at a business desk with a business dress on, heels in a business office. I think this is her, she had to fight for this. I think she really worked for, you know, to get this, this picture the way she wanted to look. It's more business oriented. And I think this is the transition into what she wanted to do. When you see those two different pictures, one is her as a woman, a portrait of who she see herself as. She's in a business setting, you know, she's kind of, she's on front, she's in front of the desk, but it still kind of applies, this is her office, she's at home, she's in charge here, 
This is her about her business. This is the kind of thing that makes you the baddest, in her opinion. While at the same time, the baddest is, you know, her being it. Because, you know, a lot of girls in nursing. So maybe that's also kind of relating to that. But the other one is her kind of nursing a dead man to health or an injured man.